Good afternoon, and welcome to Citizen K, a weekly current affairs program featuring in-depth interviews and perspectives. I'm Kareem Mosna. This week on Citizen K. Imagine somebody saying to you, okay, pack a suitcase, and off you go, because that's what you have to do. Artist, poet, and Ukrainian Catholic Church member Judith Popiel is donating her sunflower paintings to a fundraiser in support of new Ukrainian families to Kingston. The fundraiser also includes parodies. My conversation with Judith is coming up shortly. But first, severe flooding has been devastating in Kentucky with at least 39 dead and whole communities destroyed. While climate change is a major factor, PhD in political studies at Queen's University, Corey Pash tells us There's a lot more involved. We're here to uh, discuss some of the uh, devastation caused by the floods uh, down in in Kentucky, where uh, many lives have been lost, whole communities damaged. And of course, climate change is a factor in some of these uh, extreme weather events. But I want to talk a a bit about some some of the the underlying factors that are also contributing uh, from that political perspective. So so tell me some, some of the bigger picture things that are going on here. Yeah, well, uh, you know, thanks thanks for having me, and it's always uh, wonderful to <laughs> take time away from dissertation edits to, to speak about these kind of <clears throat> practical uh, implications and, and uh, of, of my research. So, yeah, in terms of, um, in terms of kind of the, the, the political aspects, um, if you'll indulge me, I, I pulled a quote from uh, Governor um, Andy Bashir, who's um, a Democrat, Um, And the quote is, I wish I could tell you why we keep getting hit here in Kentucky. I wish I could tell you why areas where people may not have much continue to get hit and lose everything. I can't give you the why, but I know what we do in response to it, and the answer is everything we can. These are our people. Let's make sure we help them out. And I think... You know, that, that quote from, from Governor Bashir really kind of encapsulates a lot of what's going on with regards to Kentucky, but also with disasters and cat- catastrophes as we see them play out more broadly, in that the framing itself is, is problematic. You know, we, we, hear, we hear these things about, like, historic, uh, you know, one-in-a-hundred-year uh, flood, one-in-a-hundred-year th- storm. In fact, the, the floods in Kentucky, they, they, they've been categorized as one-in-one-thousand-year event. Um, but if you actually look at what's what's happening, I mean, for those of us that can actually acknowledge uh, climate change and the climate crisis, um, these aren't uh, exceptional events anymore. And I think that what Kentucky and other events <clears throat> that we've seen uh, play out are are telling us is that we need to adjust our our understanding of what the the new normal is, quote unquote, and how we are going to move forward and and adapt to these events. So if you actually go and I you know I invite your listeners to go and take a look at, at Governor Bashir's Twitter profile, you you won't find a single mention of climate change. Not not one. Um, it, on Wikipedia, it lists that in 2019 he did acknowledge that the, that climate change exists and that uh, gr- greenhouse gas emissions need to be reduced. But even kind of moving beyond that, thinking about what it is that that causes. Um, increased rainfall to become a disaster is really important. So yes, climate change is causing uh, warmer air air masses, which means it can hold more moisture, which means you see rainfall events like the storms that happen in Kentucky more often. 
but also um, that's just one one piece of the picture. Um, thinking about the kind of broader uh, roots of vulnerability, so things like the fact that Kentucky is one of the poorest states in the United States, the fact that there's a long historical legacy of the mining industry and the coal and the coal industry there, which have uh, has not uh, resulted in uh, widespread economic prosperity for the workers who work in those mines, um, exacerbates their ability to uh, to uh, deal with these types of events, and often, as we see with with disasters, it, it is the most vulnerable, and uh, that that cuts across uh, class, gender, racial lines that that pay the highest price for for these events, and um, and, and and that goes all the way from the kind of the micro the micro that we see play out in terms of the the who is who who is losing uh, the most from these events that Governor Bashir points to, but also in terms of the more broader macro-political, um, in terms of even the Inflation Reduction Act, which just passed the Senate in the U.S., uh, was opposed by both Mitch McConnell and Ron Paul, both senators from Kentucky, who uh, voted along party lines um, and who uh, are ideologically uh, and materially opposed to the types of legislation that, would, that, that the U.S. needs to enact in order to move beyond the fossil fuel uh, industries that are that that are, are part of the issue, so you know, disasters are essentially a, a, occur at the nexus of of uh, natural hazards, which are being exacerbated by the climate crisis, and vulnerability to those hazards. So things like poverty, infrastructure, um, even looking at things like uh, insurance rates. Um, so. I was taking a, a, a quick look. There was a, a FEMA report in, in, in July of 2022. Uh, only 2.3% of households in the, in the 10 affected counties of those floods had uh, flood insurance. And that, that's, that, I mean, that, that, that points to a, a fundamental misunderstanding, uh, uh, um, mis, um, I don't even know if it's a misallocation, but a fundamental issue in terms of how communities are preparing and what they see as as important or not important and that 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 you know talking about the issue of like home, homeowner flood insurance like that's again downloading the responsibility of, of the climate crisis and vulnerability onto the individual but but it, it does point to to uh, some of these kind of structural um, and kind of foundational issues that 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 make rainfall events in Kentucky so so like we saw so so devastating yeah so i mean so much to unpack there um the the sense of um think lack of preparation in some cases or in the case of the the inequality that of course those that have have the least have the most to lose in a sense mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely and i mean i think I think that that's uh, so one 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 aspect of it. I think is is, is that that's really important to, to to focus on is to shift our thinking in terms of how we understand the climate crisis and the impacts of the climate crisis. So yes, of course, with things like the Inflation Reduction Act, which Joe Manchin had to uh, actually pitch that name because they didn't want it. He you know he can sell it politically in West Virginia. Um, as an Inflation Reduction Act, as opposed to like you know the Cl Climate Adaptation Act or some other naming, but, um, but 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 the framing of the fact that like it's a it's it's not just things like shifting to green energy and addressing um, 
addressing these type of more kind of germane or more traditionally understood climate climate aspects, but even understanding that things like ensuring that people have, um, uh, that you know, addressing the root causes of poverty uh, can can Im can be considered a a climate policy or. Um, uh, Things like, even though it didn't go through in this bill, it was removed. Uh, but the the ability to say set a cap on the price of insulin uh, affects people's uh, resilience in terms of their ability to make sure that they have the medications that they have and the, they can afford those those types of things, so that they have a stockpile ahead of a, a major event. Um, so the, these types of ideas of that you know, climate policy goes beyond just thinking about how much carbon is being emitted and shifting to green energy. Of course, that's, that's vitally important, but also understanding that the root causes of, of vulnerability to climate fuel disasters uh, are, are much more uh, um, complex and, and broader in scope, and we need to, we need to reframe our, our understanding. And I think that that's part of the challenge that we face is when we're when we're thinking about the climate crisis and trying to adapt to the 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 new normal and the, and the types of events that we're seeing is to, to change that frame that we we understand. So even things like like uh, like uh, 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 we wouldn't traditionally consider part of uh, within the scope of, of addressing the climate crisis do actually come into play when we see the impacts on the on on the ground in, in places like Kentucky. So so yeah, I mean I I I I firmly believe in that and also um I think also thinking through things like um even just uh uh subsidization of different industries um um thinking about you know pushing back on uh on on particular types of of, uh, of of insurance programs, so you know there's uh, there's a lot of effort being put in terms of pushing insurers not to insure uh, new fossil fuel uh, projects. So these are all kind of um, aspects that I think are, are really are really really important. Um, yeah, and uh, e even even addressing so things like um, if if I can just run with um, with the the FEMA flood insurance aspect of it, you know, uh, th those estimates are based off of uh, flood maps at FEMA that don't take into account things like like rainfall uh, flooding, uh, that uh, and storm surge flooding that that we've seen in in Kentucky as uh, one of the primary drivers. So, you know, e even things like understanding that like we need a better under uh, a better we need to do more work to have a better understanding of. Uh, a more comprehensive understanding of who actually is vulnerable and the 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 scope of the vulnerability itself is 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 part of the part of the issue um, you know and 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 in terms of uh, in, in terms of that there's a, there's a there's a long way a long way to go uh, even even with with agencies like FEMA who are who who's who, are, who exist principally to to address these types of issues in the states uh, you know, th thinking a little bit closer to home. I mean, we we are in a different country, uh, and but I do you feel like even up here, even up here in Ontario, in Canada, is there something we can learn from these kinds of devastations? Yes, I think absolutely. That the number one thing that we can learn is that we need to get proactive about this, and I think that that relates fundamentally to uh, un our understanding of 
of the climate crisis, of the impacts of disasters and catastrophes going forward. We have seen numerous um, uh, disasters play out in Canada from the from the flooding in BC due to the atmospheric rivers that were supercharged from from climate change to wildfires uh, to to flooding in uh, in Ontario and Quebec you know we there we can learn as uh, as <clears throat> you know as Canadians but also in in terms of just as as human beings living in in, a, in an increasingly warmer, on an increasingly warmer planet with, a, with an increasingly unstable climate that's going to see more disasters play out, is that we need, to, we need to take actions to, yes, lower greenhouse gas emissions, but also improve resilience and improve our, our ability as, as an organized society to respond. So part of the issue is to stop treating these as kind of ad hoc moments where we have this emergency response and then what is, what is the end result of that emergency response? Well, essentially, as uh, my, uh, my colleague uh, uh, Glenn McGillivray uh, always likes to point out, is we reset the dominoes. You know, we, we set it up so that, you know, the next Fort McMurray uh, fire, it, we're ready to go in terms of a whole bunch of vulnerable um, uh, communities uh, ready uh, to, to, to be uh, hit again. And uh, part of that has to do with, uh, with uh, you know, changing how we approach it. Essentially, uh, reframing, reframing our understandings so that we can put pressure on our political institutions and our politicians to, to, to legislate and, and put in place the, the, the policies and the institutions that we need in order to better address these, these risks. And that, that, that means, um, you know, in Canada we don't have, we don't even have a, an organization like FEMA. You know, we don't have a dedicated federal agency that is that is uh, uh, tasked with addressing disasters in Canada and I think that's 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 one of the things that I've written about and one of the things that I, I think we we really should we should uh, we should seriously think about having um, and and understanding that going forward yes um, you know we're 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 going to see more of these events but really addressing the root causes of vulnerability can do can go a long way to mitigating the types of impacts that we see. That makes a you know a, a tremendous amount of different a difference for individuals who are going to ultimately end up being the ones that 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 have to live through these events and and deal with the with the fallout from them. Great, thank you very much. Uh, thank you for sharing your perspective today, Corey. Thank you for having me. PhD in Political Studies at Queen's University, Corey Pash, providing some context and takeaways from the devastating floods in Kentucky. You are listening to Citizen K on CFRC 101.9 FM, CFRC.ca, and on podcast. I'm Kareem Mosna. This Saturday, August 20th, St. Michael the Archangel Ukrainian Catholic Church is hosting a fundraiser to support families who have recently immigrated from Ukraine to Kingston. The fundraiser includes parodies and paintings by my next guest. Judith Popiel is an artist, poet, and Ukrainian Catholic Church member, and she joins me to talk about this fundraiser. The main feature will be pierogies. They're going to be $10 a dozen. And they're cheese and potato, 
and the potatoes are russet potatoes, and they were made by the women at the church. They're they're handmade, homemade. They're the real deal. Uh, so, um, and basically, that's going to be the the thrust of the the fundraiser. I myself am an artist and a poet, and so I have been making sunflower paintings. And I recently raised $700 for the camp, which they had north of Ottawa at St. John's Camp. They had a 30 children who have come here recently in the last three months, I believe. And they were from ages 8 to 13. And so I helped out by selling my sunflower paintings um, and also making a donation from my own pockets for them, for, for that particular camp, which was held from the July 17th to the 24th. So now I'm uh, the, the premise of this fundraiser is to raise money for local families who have come here in the last three months. And the money will go towards all, all the families who are here. And it's my understanding that they will be given grocery cards um, through Keys, uh, the organization which helps with immigrants coming to Kingston. So, um, yeah, and um, my sunflower paintings, all of the money, 100% of what I sell goes towards the fundraiser. I don't keep any of the money. I pay for the supplies to make the paintings and everything uh, myself. So um, Wow. Okay, so this is 100% going to support Ukrainian families who are moving uh, to our, our region, basically. Uh, yes, there are, uh, from what I understand, there are 25 families here already, and there are more arriving, but it's, yeah, for sure there are 25 families here. And, of course, as you know, the men are left behind in the war. So it's mostly the women and children. And I've become friends with one woman, uh, Oliana, and she is here with her two children, uh, a young boy and a young girl. So... Um, and there are, you know, there's many other women with young children here uh, who have arrived in the last three months. So, um, yes. And it's also my understanding that the government gives each family $3,000, and that is the amount that they receive, and that is all the money that they re will receive. And then uh, some organizations are are giving them housing for six months now i'm not privy to who or how that's organized i just know that that that's how it's working the yeah well i mean you know certainly you know moving to a whole new country and trying to find a community and i mean that is can certainly be so daunting yes and also uh the language barrier is also, uh, you know, problematic um, because most of them <clears throat> do not speak English, so they are learning English. And, um, you know, the, the mothers have young children, 
take care of. The children will probably learn English much more quickly than the adults, of course. Um, I myself, my first language was, excuse me, <clears throat> was Ukrainian, and um, I still speak some, and I do understand it. Um, you know, I had to go to Ukrainian school when I was a child, and very involved in in our. We were we had, you know, Ukrainian dancing, and um, you know, we were very involved with the Ukraine. And I would like to say the Ukra- the church is kind of like the the place where people gather and create community, um, and it's a support structure for those people arriving. Uh, they receive help from the various parishioners who have been here. And, and um, Adrian Shuchuk is organizing this this particular fundraiser, so I should mention that he is the person behind all of this. Um, and so I'm getting I'm involved as as an artist and helping to sell my paintings and give the money back to the community. It's not a very big sort of um, how do I say uh, I don't have a million dollars, but I have my paintings. So um, and they're sunflower paintings, so they're cheerful and everybody who receives one loves them, and they sell for twenty dollars. Um, so I they're reasonable. Absolutely. Uh, who doesn't love sunflowers, especially at this time of year, uh, and definitely supporting a very uh, important cause right now. Uh, and and uh, so this runs 10 a.m. until 2 p.m., so kind of running right through the lunch hour next Saturday, August 20th, at St. Michael the uh, Archangel United uh, Church, Ukrainian Church, Catholic Church, I should say. Yes. Okay. Yes. Which is located at Baggett and North. And there is a parking lot there, um, so uh, it's not a busy area of the city. So um, please come. The pierogies are frozen, of course, and um, and then you can cook them at your leisure. <laughs> um, and everybody enjoys the pierogies. So, <laughs> uh, Perfect. And I'm seeing here on the page, it's ten dollars for a dozen pierogies. Yes, yes. Beautiful. Dozen. So, um, yeah. Um, so it should be, uh, we're looking forward to a, a sunny day. So praying for uh, no rain. And, um, yeah. Uh, and, and we will help out the, you know, these people who are, who have just arrived. And like you said, it is a daunting task. For them, they've. Uh, Oleana said to me, "I I just left with a suitcase. Mm-hmm. That I just packed my suitcase and left. She had to leave her dog behind. Uh, a neighbor is taking care of her dog, and she has since told me that the dog was not well and that there was a possibility it would not survive. So I haven't heard from her in about a week. Um, so." I'm not sure, um, but a lot of them had to leave behind their pets and leave with just a suitcase. So imagine somebody saying to you, okay, pack a suitcase and off you go because that's what you have to do. 
I know that would be very difficult for me because I have a lot of stuff. <laughs> a, a, a very scary thought, and uh, certainly our thoughts are with all of those who are currently uh, going through that. Yes, and <clears throat> Canadians, Oleana said, Canadians have been uh, a very big help, uh, and she she is very thankful. And a lot of people have said that, that, uh, and a lot of Ukrainians want to come to Canada. <laughs> mm -hmm. So... Um, we are, you know, we are helping out in, in any way we can. So, um, yeah, and it's, uh, I mean, it's tragic. It's very tragic. It's, and yes, it's very tragic. They've lost a lot of people and, um, hopefully it will not persist for too much longer. Okay, Judith, thank you very much uh, for talking, and I wish all the best with your event. Thank you, Corrine, and thank you for this interview. Judith Popiel with St. Michael the Archangel Ukrainian Catholic Church, hosting a fundraiser for a very good cause, all in support of local families who have immigrated from Ukraine within the last three months. Definitely looking forward to some parodies and some beautiful sunflower paintings. Now, perhaps you're involved in putting on a fundraiser. Or maybe you're working on a cool research project, have a perspective to share. As a reporter of the Local Journalism Initiative, I'm here to share your story here on Citizen K. So please get in touch. Send me an email, news at cfrc.ca. Can't wait to connect with you. And that's all for Citizen K this week. Citizen K was produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at Queen's University. CFRC 101.9 FM broadcasts from Kingston, Ontario on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. Thank you for listening. I'm Kareem Mosna. <laughs>